Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Thief Steals the Podcast. This week we're talking about the 11th episode of the first season called The 12 Step Job. Beth, what did you think? Well. (laughs) It's a lot, isn't it? It's, okay, first things first. I know that he's like sort of not like the best person like but I kind of love Jack yeah Hurley yep he is just like I think in the episode actually um the lady that he like fucks over in the start um Michelle I think her name yeah um she describes him as like this like big teddy bear yeah he's a big kid he is I was like at the end when like he kept going to hug her and she was like no I was like baby like I understand and fully respect her choice not to hug him because obviously Mm -hmm. but I was kind of like oh Okay, oh, so no. <laughs> you like the character of Hurley? Yeah, I do. I kind of. I have very back. good news for you. He comes back. Really? He yes. kind of seemed like the way they ended it yeah. kind of felt like he would be a character who kind of returned because he has very he similar motives yeah. to them. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, he's can't... trying to help. He's just kind of a bumbling fool about it. He reminds me a little of Ron from Night Shift. That's what I was going to say, but I was like, we talk about supernatural too much. So yes, that's exactly what I thought because he has. He has the same, like, moral idea of, like, mm. steal from the rich, give to the poor. But he also uses it for, like, he does it in a different way. Yeah. Like, the way that the, like, leverage squad, mm. I guess, sort of do it is it's very much, like, they're heavily focused on, like, one thing and, like, they're putting all of their team efforts into one yeah. case at a time. Whereas he's kind of has fingers in every pie and he's yeah. not just doing stuff for other people he's also doing stuff for himself so it's like yeah. a bit more like morally ambiguous but that's not to say that the leverage squad isn't doing mm. stuff for themselves either so yeah. i don't know i don't know it's i liked him I and liked he's also him. a nice um sort of foil to nate mm-hmm. because they're both addicts yes nate is strictly alcohol basically mm-hmm. alcohol and the high he gets from gloating whenever he wins yeah um but hurley's just like randomly addicted to a bunch of shit yeah like he just basically name an addiction. He's probably got it. He just doesn't have any sort of self-control over any of this. Yeah. Like it like addiction is an illness. Yes, and absolutely. It should not be taken lightly. It should not be taken lightly, but Hurley just has no idea of self-moderation, doesn't have that ability to be able to do it. Yeah. And I also think like in, in comparison to Nate, I think it was really really interesting and I've been pretty vocal on this pod about the fact that I don't like Nate. He Mm. pisses me off. And this episode is no exception. No stupid hat, though. No stupid hat, but he does piss me off. And here is my reasoning. And I think it's pretty obvious. He's just so far in denial. Mm -hmm. He is so in denial. And, like, it's hurting everyone around him. And he knows it. And he refuses to accept it. He refuses to admit it. And by doing that, he continues Mm. to put it on the people around him. And that's so much the focus of this episode. Mm -hmm. And you put Jack and you put Nate in the same situations and Nate is, like, refusing to accept the help, refusing to accept he even has a problem. He's just so adamant that he's fucking fine and everyone needs to just get off his case. And then there's Jack who's like, do you know what? You're right. I, I do have a problem and thank you for supporting me through it and I'm going to actually actively try to do better and I'm going to take on board everything you're saying and I'm going to use this opportunity that has been presented to me and even though it's hard and even though I don't like it and even though it puts me in a position where I have to be vulnerable, I accept that I'm in a place right now where that's what this place is for and I'm going to take this opportunity and Nate is just like, nah, fuck yours. It really, it really grates on me. Oh, no, that's fair enough. Um, I think a lot of Nate's arc in this first season is just, like, peeling back all the layers in the ways in which he is not okay. Mm. Like, not even a little bit. Like, he is he is an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Which, to, to the hundredth f- degree, and he I- refuses to admit it. He refuses to admit that he is now a thief. Because, like it or not, he is a thief. Like, yeah. he is... I, stealing. He I want to make it. I want to make it very clear. Sorry, before we keep going, being an alcoholic does not make you a bad person. Yeah. This is not. This is not the point we're trying to make. Being an addict of any kind does not make you inherently a worse person. That is absolutely not the point. My problem is the way that he handles his own illness mm. because he cons- he consistently refuses to take 
responsibility for his own actions. And he puts that responsibility on those around him. And that's what frustrates me. The illness, I, I completely understand. And like I said, being an addict of any kind, alcoholic, a you know, addicted to drugs, addicted to anything, does not make anyone inherently a worse person. It's just the way that he handles his own tendencies mm. and the fact that he refuses to acknowledge he has a problem and therefore continues to burden the people around him. That is the thing that I take issue with. Yeah. I just wanted to make that explicitly, explicitly clear. clear. <laughs> but no, yeah, this season, it, it's a journey and we are really peeling back all the layers in which Nate is not a great person mm. and the way in which like the complete collapse of his life just fucked him up as a person. Yeah. And the ways in which he makes that everyone else's responsibility. And I am really interested to uh, hear your thoughts going forward because I will tell you now, I don't think it's a spoiler, we do address Nate's alcoholism I would be more shocked if thoroughly than this the fact, in the future. The fact that it's been brought up so many times so far in just this first season across multiple episodes, yeah. you know, I would be shocked if it was never actually addressed mm-hmm. properly um, because they've made a narrative point of it so many yeah. times. Like, it would kind of be like, it's like Chekhov's gun. Yeah. Like, there's no point having it there if you're not going to do anything with it. Or in this episode, the Chilean bomb. Yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Which, again, yeah. like, I, I think leverage is very, very clever in the way it does these like the little like inclusions and you're like oh that is you know like they have the chilean bomb you're like okay yeah they're just going to use the bomb to demonstrate that hurley a lot of really bad people want hurley dead yeah full stop like that is what they're going to do with it and then they're like oh no we're actually going to blow up the car yeah yeah like i want to know how he got that fucking money in the tires i know it's like because as soon as I saw Elliot rolling the tire, I was like, oh, the money's going to be in the tire. But then I was like, how, though? But also, it is a brilliant hiding place. Like, oh, yeah. Who's going to check the fucking no tire? One's, like, like, no one's going to look inside the tire, but also, like, how the fuck did you get that shit Oh, in my there? God. Imagine if Hurley had an ex-girlfriend who he, like, cheated on or something, and, like, she slashed his tires and just had a butt <laughs> ton of money. It's oh, funny. Let's call that karma. But, like... Karma. <laughs> oh, that's shocking actually <laughs> um but yes. again you agreed to a podcast with me i look i did and before we get too far away from it i just want to quickly touch back on nate and his his drinking yeah this episode um it's hard to talk about this episode without touching without addressing it really drinking. it's sort of 50 percent of the episode i again they did this thing with nate and sophie mm. where they're nearly fucking ruining their covers mm. over being petty yeah. And it's really frustrating. Because I'm like, you guys are professionals. I, I would argue in this episode, Sophie's not being petty, though. Yes. I Like, petty is not the right word. Mm. But I can't think of a more appropriate yeah. word. And, like, I was genuinely trying to when I was writing my notes. I was, like, looking. I was, like, what what is the word for this? Because you're right. It's not petty. It's they're letting their personal lives influence yeah. what is going on in the Sophie characters that they're playing. Genuinely concerned. Which she should be, but this is also not an appropriate way to approach it because she's... But also she knows if she approaches it any other way without Nate yeah. being forced into that situation. Like, Nate can't just walk away here. Yeah. He would just walk away... True. But, because she's tried to talk to him about it before. But when they get out of this scenario, he's going to be even more closed off than he ever was, mm-hmm. I think is my thing. But also, it's just frustrating because I'm like, you guys are fucking professionals. Yeah. You have proved and tried to show us over and over and over and over again that you are the best at what you do and yeah. yet you keep jeopardizing and it's not like parker because i will talk about parker in this episode parker, this is she's my favorite trying, parker she's trying so hard to not blow her cover but she's also not good at this because mm. this is not what she does yeah which no, it, parker's cover is rose and like rose and mate like marcy's friendship yeah no, I I think this is my favourite version of Parker, just because she seems so, like, carefree. Because she has the antidepressants. Yeah. Basically, because there's a medication procedure and, like, Hardison does his job fucking well mm-hmm. and, like, hacked her properly into the system yeah. in this fake identity, they undertake the drug protocol yeah. with Parker. And 
the shot where he's like, it's the standard, like, it's the standard, it's perfectly safe, you know, two million Did Americans. Did you fucking choose the tablets? It's horrifying. That's it. That was a choice by Beth Reisgraf. She's a genius. It was hilarious, but it was she's also like, like oh my god. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh man. No. Uh, Although in saying that, even if I was in like a medical facility, if someone just came up to me and was like, here, take these pills, I would be like, I don't know how I feel about that. Thanks. But uh, yeah, so she just like eats the the medication, which I also would be like, nah, but also Parker doesn't know. Yeah. And also I guess she's not in a situation, like, I kind of thought that she'd like do the thing where she like, you stick it under your tongue and or like in your cheek yeah. and just, and she just like spit it out. But I was like, oh, she actually took it. I was like, all right. I mean, I guess like she doesn't have a reason to think that these people would want to hurt her, but mm. also Hardison made her a fake medical record. What if yeah. she was like allergic to something in that medicine in real life? And he just, I mean, he would have put it in there because yeah. he would have wanted to make sure she was safe. But Anyway, also the bit at the end where Parker, like, throws herself yeah. at Elliot and they're, like, hugging. Uh-huh. And Hobson's like, I like this version of Parker. And they're, like, hugging and as they walk out. It's so cute. I loved it. Because, of course, one thing that antidepressants do is, like, reduce a whole bunch of, like, the stress and anxiety. Hmm. But the stress and anxiety is one of the things that makes Parker Parker because, like, she's always on guard. She's always yeah. assessing every situation for danger. She's mm-hmm. always looking at the security system in the Cairo Museum and nobody knows what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's very funny because it is it's a very different Parker to what we see. Even when she was playing Alice White, Alice White is still Parker. Still Parker. Yeah. But like just the the fact that she's on medication mm. changes her significantly. Yeah. It's it's very interesting. And I think that this episode has a couple of moments where I'm like kind of like I I don't know if I like it or not. Mm. And it is one of the, that is one of those things because I'm like, well, I don't know like I, I feel like it's weird that they have her on a medication. Yeah. I like it. It's fun to see the characters that way, but it is also a weird choice. Yeah, and it's also, like, I mean, not to, like, make it too realistic because it's television, but, like, anti-anxiety depressant medications are not the kind of thing you can just start and stop. Yeah. Like, you have to, like, wean yourself off of those and stuff yeah. because it's it's playing with the chemical balances in your fucking yeah. brain. Like, you need to make sure that you're not going to fuck your whole system up doing that yeah. you know so it, it shouldn't be something that's like super lightly addressed i guess but in and also someone it is a, a television show and also as, as someone with a psych degree nine times out of ten medication therapy is not like the like they, they have the talk therapy as well yeah but like medication medication is normally a supplementary thing for like cbt like cognitive behavior yeah therapy. exactly like normally you, it's not just yeah you take the medication so that you are in a mental state where you can like, do the work. Do the to, work to, yeah. Although, in obviously, in there are cases where you do need to have medication. Mm-hmm. And also, I appreciate, I guess, that they showed her taking medication as, like, a normal and healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Because absolutely, like, if you had, I, I always loved the analogy where, like, if you had a heart condition or you had high cholesterol mm-hmm. or you have diabetes, are you just not going to take your medication? No, you're not. How is having a mental illness and needing medication mm-hmm. any different? You're taking care of your brain the same way you would take care of your arteries, your heart, or, you know, your blood sugar levels. Also, it gives us the the brilliant moment of, I don't do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, look, I know I'm, like, I'm a Parker stan. Yeah. But, like, yeah. she's my girl, you know? Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Um, speaking of things that I don't know how I feel about in this episode... When Hardison and Elliot trying to get into the rehab facility, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I might have some thoughts about that one. I do. Um, I want to start with I can't tell if the reception lady's Australian accent is real or not. I know she's kind <laughs> of looks vaguely like an Australian actress who was on like Home and Away or something. Like, I'm like, she I has that face. I don't know if she, like if it is or not, but like, I was like, it's definitely like a Sydney Melbourne accent, mm. if that's the case. But it's also like, I was like, oh, it took me a minute to place it. It's also weird for the receptionist to just randomly be Australian. Yeah, very strange. Like, I'm not mad at it, but it's so funny for me to be like, oh, there is an Aussie. It doesn't happen that often. Mm-mm. Nice to know we're there. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing if I can find her on IMDb to be able to tell us <laughs> whether it's actually whether she's actually Australian, Australian or not. While you're doing that, I'll make my point about it, which is that I didn't like that Elliot kissed her hand mm. for a couple of reasons. We wait to greet a reception staff one, member. Oh my god, she was on Neighbours. You're shitting me. No, she was on Neighbours. She was Australian. So she was on Neighbours. I can't believe you were dead on with that. 
I knew I, I felt like I'd seen her face in like an ad for like either yeah, yeah, Neighbours yeah. or, or like, Home and Away. Or like Patch the Rafters or one yeah. of those shows. Yeah. That's hilarious. I can't believe you picked that. Yeah, she she was on Neighbours in the very early 2000s. Heck. Okay, so she was a real Aussie. She is a real Aussie, yep. True blue. True blue. There you go. Anyway, the thing that I didn't like was that Elliot, like, kisses her hand. And I, like, why would he do that? Like, and why would she let him? If I was in at my work and I was, like, greeting someone at my work and they, like, took my hand and kissed it, I would be like, first of all, what are you doing? We're in a pandemic. And I would be like, second of all, literally stop touching me. What the fuck? Like, it would be the worst possible thing. I kind of hate it. Uh, and, like, obviously she seems to not mind it in the episode, but I'm like, that is just the weirdest fucking choice. I don't... I... Yeah. Didn't love it. Didn't understand it. I would have been yeah. like, um, I think you're checking into the wrong facility. <laughs> but no. Uh, yeah, no. Weird interaction. I do love the way that Hardison's like, there's one way I'm getting into this. Because I'm not passing as a relative yeah. of white as shit Tom Baker, which... Yeah, yeah. No. Doctor Who reference, again. Yeah. Tom Baker is actually an identity we have seen before for You're Nate. correct. It is. He was also in the cross... Uh, the Mile the, High Job. Mile High Job, yes. Sorry. Look at me remembering the yeah. stuff. Mm. Mm. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking about a different episode that has a similar vibe to that one. Oh, okay. So I was like... And then I went to say that and I was like, no, that's the wrong one. That's two seasons down the track. But no, <laughs> Tom Baker, same alias. And Hardison's like, I'm not going to get in here as a relative. So he's like, oh, I'm just going to pretend to be gay with Elliot. Mm-hmm. Like that's the natural solution. And I love that, but I don't love the stereotypical way Voice. he portrays it. Yeah. I hate that a yeah. bit. But just also, I appreciate the tactic. I don't appreciate the uh, application. But also, he is just pretending to be gay and he's trying to convince her. So like, Leaning into the stereotypes is a way to trigger a whole bunch of confirmation biases. That's true. However, still don't love it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, Elliot's reaction is pure fear. Yeah. Which, interesting choice. <laughs> Especially considering his bi-energy. Like, he has bi-energy. He everywhere. has such bi-energy. And it's, it. yeah, even his character it's is supernatural. Almost, it's almost like... Elliot has a crush on Hardison, and now it's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, okay, well, that would be iconic. While we're talking about Elliot and Hardison and their dynamic, they go to the strip club together, which is a choice. Yeah. And Hardison's little, oh, do you have change for a hundred singles? And Nate's like, why the fuck would I have a hundred singles on me? Like, and then they're in the car, and Hardison goes... I may have spilled a little slushy. I know. He spilled, like, the whole thing. And in that moment, I was like, Elliot is Dean coded. (laughs) He goes apeshit. And I was like... But his... Like, Elliot actually does have a thing for his car. Like, it is a thing. His car is a recurring thing. Yeah, I'm telling you. He's Dean coded. (laughs) That's my uh, assessment of the character. Mm. Mm. Yes. Um, One thing that I liked about Hardison this episode... His wardrobe, he's wearing an, an aeroplane shirt at one yeah. point, and I just like it. I just think it's Hardison's fun. Hardison's wardrobe's always on point. Like, whoever does the costuming for him. I just think it's very, like, it's just a little aeroplane. It kind of looks like a bath toy. Like, mm. you know how kids have bath toys? It looks like one of those. I just think it's fun. I don't really have anything else to say about it. I just I just liked it. Oh, another thing about uh, Hardison and Elliot hanging out this episode. Mm. There's, like, a little, like ad in the middle of the episode did you fucking notice this like it's a product placement when they they get in the car and it's like the fancy car and they're talking and then there's like a very pointed shots of like setting up the gps system and like pressing the automatic start button i was like why is there a fucking car ad in the middle of this leverage episode the first season was actually sponsored by hyundai oh okay (laughs) because i was like what is happening there are are a couple of i think yeah, there are, there are a couple of specifically car product placements mm, mm-hmm. in the... And so actually, no, I don't think in this episode... I don't think it's actually Elliot's, Elliot's car in this episode. Yeah, I don't know what fucking car they're in, but it's new and it's fancy, and they make a real point of the no, like, GPS system at a point of pressing the starting. Elliot's button. actual car, as of the rest of the series, is like a bright orange Dodge Charger. 
Oh, like, I can see it. That's so fucking funny. For someone who's like paranoid about staying under the radar and shit, he has. I'm Let me see if you, I can bring up a photo he's for fucking you. Dean coded. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I can see it too in like my mind's eye. Yeah, that's hilarious. Like I can see the orange. This isn't the car that's associated with Elliot. There is every chance that it is. Like, it is an expensive car that he has collected, but, yeah. like, this is what his, <laughs> his like, go-to car looks like. Like, the car that we see most often associated, yeah, his his Dodge Charger is featured quite predominantly, but it's, it's in an episode because they, they use it as part of a con. And it's it's a very, I, I think it's a very fun episode. Interesting. Well, I, but look, no. I look forward to it. Yeah, so Hardison is just like, I just may have split a, a bit. It's like, that's the whole cup, dude. <laughs> I don't even know how he managed to do it. Like, you just suddenly see the slushy just in the yeah. footwell, and you're like, how did that happen? Sir. Maybe he had sat it like, near his feet or something and accidentally kicked it. Like, maybe. I was like, it looks like he literally, like... Genuinely, there was so much down there. I thought they were staging an argument. Mm. Like, I was like, oh, he did it on purpose. Because, like, how else do you do that? But no, apparently he's just that talented. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I will say that I I don't rewatch this episode a lot. It's not one that, like, I gravitate towards for rewatching. That's fair. I forgot how much of a vibe the intro is. Dude, like, I the what would, would you do with a drunken sailor fucking like remix? That's like, is that what that fucking yeah. was? I was like, what the fuck is this music? It was so annoying. I he's hated like, it. He's like cruising, he's jamming, and it's like it's he's like, like he, throwing his burrito against the steering wheel. I was like, sir, that's how you're gonna lose half your burrito. The beans are gonna be everywhere. The rice. The fucking sour cream and gu- it is just gonna be everywhere. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think. I think it's. What would you do with the drunken sailor? That's hilarious. It was atrocious. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's like sped up. It was a horrible, horrible choice. I hated every second of it. Also, I just realized this episode is very like Elliot Hardison heavy. I was looking for Parker because you don't, she is like barely in it until like, or she's barely in actually the whole episode, which is a bit of a bummer because I love her. But like the start bit where like Hardison's doing the like rundown of the case, I was literally like, where is Parker? Where is Parker? You don't even see a shot of her for like the first five minutes. And then she gets like one line in that entire scene. I was so confused. I was like, where is she? I was like, is this going to be one of those things where, like, something's happened in an episode, like, previously, and they're just not going to fucking explain it, like they did when they were mad at Hardison that time? Mm. I was like, is that just what's happening here? But then, no, she was there. She just wasn't in it very much, and I was confused. I was confused. But, sorry, I just remembered that part in the episode where Parker, like, steals that guy's gun. She's like, I didn't mean to. It was a reflex. And she's like, I accidentally stole this gun from that guy out there. (laughs) It's just so cute. I loved it. I I think that was actually my favorite moment in the whole episode was her being like, I didn't mean to. Like, I'm trying to get better. I'm trying not to be a kleptomaniac, but also. And her like actually doing what Sophie hoped Nate would do and like using this as an opportunity to actually explore her own yeah. trauma and her and Jack becoming like little besties. I fucking loved it. Oh, so fucking precious. I, yeah, I am, I am very excited for you to see uh, the evolution of Hurley moving fo- forward. Oh, I'm excited to see it too. I think of all of the side characters that we've had mm. thus far, he is my favorite by a significant margin, excluding maybe Sterling. Which we saw in this episode. This episode and As my, a hallucination. My God, when I tell you that I was like, am I watching Supernatural right now? <laughs> the vibes were there. I was like, it's there's a very similar scenes yeah. in a season that you're not up to yet. But here's the thing. If it's a season I'm not up to yet of Supernatural, there's a good chance this was first. Oh, this was first by yeah. yes. But it, it was this is the, what I'm thinking of is not to do with Crowley. Mm. Uh, it's to do with a different character, but it's a very similar setup. And I was like, oh, damn. And also, 
literally Sterling and Crowley are the same character. Like, I understand now why people who watch Supernatural and watch Leverage are like, you could you could have, a, like, Fanon that actually Crowley is running a con on this company and he is actually just Crowley the whole time. I see it. Yeah. 100% I see it. It's so... It's it's definitely viable. <laughs> um, and I, I saw that Mark Shepard was in it, the credits, and I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't expect him to be an hallucination, but I wasn't mad Honestly, about it. Honestly, like, I have listened to, like, the audio commentary by, like, the show creators and the guy. I think he direct. I think the creator directed this episode, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't And see. they were talking about how, basically, they just wanted Mark Shepard. Yeah, he's like, so good. They were like, we have Mark Shepard contracted for this many episodes in the season. We want to use him because he's yeah. contracted for this many episodes. But they're like, how are we going to fit yeah. Mark Shepard into this episode? Because so we just want to work with him. He's fantastic. He just brings this, like, je ne sais quoi. gravitas mm. to his characters. He's just so, like, he has really great presence in a scene. He, like, commands the space. And he's so good at being snarky. Yeah. Very, like, Alan Rickman. Yeah. Similar, like, in their abilities yeah. to just hold that, like, command yeah. that space. Mm. Excellent. I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Excited. I'm very excited to see more of Sterling. Yeah. Honestly, just because I love Mark Shepard, even mm. if I kind of didn't like his character, I think that he is so enjoyable to watch perform, I wouldn't even care. But, like, you do like his character. Yeah, so I do great. like his character, so it's like a win-win. But, like, even if I didn't, it would be worth it just to see his performance because yeah. I think he's fantastic. I would like to say, though, mm. Nate takes a shot at Sophie's boots. I like her boots. Yeah, what the fuck I is think that they're about? really nice boots. Yeah, I liked her boots. I love a good thigh-high. Like, I mean, it's not quite thigh-high, but, no. like... And he's trying to, like, describe it as, like, an addiction or whatever. And they're like, who has the real problem here? I was like, yeah, but she can afford $1,500 yeah, I was boots. like, exactly. That's I was fucking like... nothing to her. In the first episode, you guys earned, like... 30 million each or some exactly. fucking shit like that. If it was a... It would be a problem if she did not have the money, the, the disposable income to spend yeah. on expensive shoes. But if she has the income, then there is nothing wrong with her spending it. It's actually better for the economy for her to do that than just yeah. to hold all her wealth. So, like... Yeah, take notes, Jeff Bezos. But, <laughs> you know, like... She's being, like, socially productive by buying those boots. What are you fucking doing, Nate? You're wearing a dumb hat. Not this episode, but no. most of them. Yeah. He's like, is Nate addicted to dumb hats as well? Like, is that why he's not allowed to wear one this episode? Uh, maybe. Is, is that one of the things they fucking confiscated? They were like, no, this is an unhealthy coping mechanism for you and we're not allowing it. I hate his fucking hats. Oh, actually, I do want to make a note. I do appreciate that they did wear, like... To be fair, I personally have never struggled with addiction, but from what I know of withdrawal symptoms, um, I do appreciate that they really showed Nate going through it. Yeah. I think it was pretty, like, they didn't have to go that hard, but they really did. Like, they showed the sweats, they showed the desperation, they showed the jitteriness, they showed the, like, yeah. they really went hard on that, and they didn't have to. No, they could have just sort of brushed it off. Um, mm. I think it's also one of those things that, like, really tells you, like, oh, they're going to have to deal with this at some point. Yeah, oh, absolutely. If he's this dependent that, like, 24 hours without alcohol leaves him, like... Fully unable to function. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, like I was saying to you earlier, like, he and Sophie were jeopardizing the con, but yeah. he really jeopardized the con because he actually tried to escape the facility. Yeah. Like, that's a huge, like, issue. And also, like, when they leave and Sophie says to him, like, are you ready to finish what you started? Meaning, are you ready to, like, accept that you have an issue and, like, stay yeah. clean? And he was like, I'm ready for a drink. And I was like, I hate you. Again, yeah. like we said earlier, I understand, like, addiction is a problem and, and you know, but it, it just made me so angry that I was like, you, you just, you don't mm. care that you are making these people who care about you suffer. Yeah. And, like, you are choosing... And it's, like, it's something that is negatively impacting him and his health. Yeah. But it's also negatively impacting literally everyone around him. And when he's drinking on jobs, he's putting everyone at danger of not just, like, imprisonment, but, like, also death. Yeah. Like, he could get everyone killed. And he's just, like, it's fine. Mm. It's whatever. And it's, like, bro, no, it's not. The denial is strong with it that one. It fucks me off immensely. 
Um, one last thing about Nate before I allow us to move on. Okay. Yep. <laughs> there is no fucking way that when he shot the lock on the window or whatever for him and Hurley to escape, mm-hmm. no way no one heard that fucking shot go off. There is no... There is, it's not possible that they didn't immediately have a bunch of people running into that fucking room looking for the gun. Well, I mean, they kind of did. Like, they set off all the alarms. Yeah. Regardless, so like, you could assume that everyone's on their way anyway. I mean, I guess, but I was just like, anyway, I was just like, there is no fucking way. To be fair, I didn't, I wasn't watching it very loudly, so maybe I just didn't like notice the commotion maybe in the background because yeah. I was like watching it captions and stuff. But like, there is like no way that in this facility where the whole point is you keep everyone like pretty chill and relaxed, yeah. that a gunshot going off is not going to draw immediate attention. Look, I'm going to go back to Elliot and Hardison because this, this episode gives us two things. It gives us Nate has a problem, mm-hmm. which we have which talked we already, about. We already knew, yeah. And it gives us a shit ton of Elliot and Hardison dynamic because they're the only two outside of the facility, yeah. Other than Sophie, but like Sophie's still got to keep at least her vague cover, yeah. So she's got to go to work essentially mm-hmm. for like however long it takes, yeah. Hardison and Elliot arguing over the bomb. Oh my god, yeah. And. Hardison's like, no, no, you just get a bag of bricks. Yeah. And Elliot's like, that won't work. And then he's it. like, it's electronic. And like, Elliot's like, oh, do you want me to kick it? And he's like, we're going to die. <laughs> I love the, um, as Hardison is explaining to Elliot, like the margin for error on repair yeah. wise. And Elliot's like, you want to run the bag of bricks one through me again? <laughs> oh, it's fucking funny. And then. It's also funny to see Elliot stressed. Yeah. I think this is probably one of the first times we've really seen him be like, oh, I cannot get out of this. We yeah. might die. And that's, like, not fun, but I guess it's different. Like, yeah. we very rarely see him in a situation where he couldn't just get out of it very easily. Because well, nine times out of ten, he can get out of it by just punching somebody. Yeah, and like, to be fair, he could have gotten out of the situation, but he can't leave Hardison. Mm. And, like, maybe six months ago, he would have just been like, well... Best of luck, I'm out. Yeah, ciao. But, like, now, it's like, that's his buddy. Yeah. You know, that's his bro. And he may have spilt slushy in his car, but that doesn't warrant death. You know, not really. Just implied. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I had a thought, and I can't tell you yet, because it's technically a spoiler, and I want you to discover this moment on your own. But You like, want to say it super vaguely so that people know what you're thinking about? Oh, uh, the... No, that describes two things. Uh it's a struggle, isn't it? <laughs> when you're like, I want people who are listening to know what I'm talking about, but the other person can't know what I'm talking about. Like me trying to name all those bloody The dogs. moment in the van when Elliot and Hardison are chilling and they're using the prediction to get through all the stoplights, the song that they're chilling to, I'm hoping that's not too vague. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but that's not a good frame of reference. So <laughs> at least you haven't spoiled anything for me. Because I was going to be like, oh, the song Elliot and Hardison do together. But that's, there is multiple occasions. <laughs> that explains nothing. Uh, let's just say we deserved a remix of that. What, just like Drunken Sailor? Uh-uh. <laughs> no, better. It, it is a fantastic... Mm. Hardison's an artist. Oh, well, I surely look forward to finding out whatever the fuck you're talking about. No, uh, yeah, so that's all I, that, yeah. If you know, you know. And I don't. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not spoiling anything for you. Which, okay, let's just, for half a second here, let, let's just talk about how insane batshit bananas it would be to be saved from a bomb by your therapist. Especially in the manner that they're saved. Like, getting on the, like, tro- like the trolley, the trolley and, like, pulling. By the way, they're fucking lucky that there weren't any, like, low-riding cars between. Yeah. Because otherwise, that would not have fucking worked. Because to be fair, they probably underneath. planned that out. Like, they, mm. they purposely made sure that there were no cars that were. Yeah. Like, they, they chose... <laughs> Yeah. They, they they did their surroundings so they could make sure they got it right. If they had lose, they would have just done a different. Yeah. Also, did Jack know that they were going to save him until they did? I don't think so. He seems genuinely surprised. That's what I thought because I was like, damn, he fully was like, no, it's fine. Like, I'll do, I'm going to die. You yeah. run. And I was like, damn, bro. It's, I like you. It's the, it's the. <laughs> 
good person but too dumb to know when you're doing more harm than good. Yeah, for me, you know what I mean. Like it's it's but a like very the, consistent character trait for Hurley, which is he just wants to help people so goddamn bad. Yeah, but also like he's got major like himbo energy, big himbo energy, and he just like trusts everyone, mm-hmm. which is like an issue. You, yeah, he's like a. Do you know what he is? And this is why I said himbo. He's like a the human personification of like a golden retriever. Yeah, just like super happy, wants to be besties with everybody, like. Yeah. Just, like, fun, happy-go-lucky, like... He's that. trying his best. Exactly. But... but it's just, like, also, I've watched Golden Retrievers run full into walls. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he's got the spirit. He's just confused. Yeah. Oh, we also have some character development that is in line and builds upon the pilot, which is Hardison is a bad shot. Oh, and God, doesn't deal yeah. with guns. Because he's, like... Good job, you shot out the engine block. And he's like, I was aiming for his leg. Yeah. It's like, oh, that is a bad shot. That's, I love that as soon as um, they say that, Elliot's like, give me the the fucking gun. gun. Like, he went from being like, good job, buddy, to be like, oh my god, you're a literal menace to society, give me the damn weapon. It, it, this episode is very peak, like, Elliot Hardison dynamic energy. Yeah, we got it, we, it made me realise we don't see them working together as a duo very often. I guess no. because they do such different Every week areas. you get different like partnerships and like Yeah, team which and is that. fun. And I feel like the last time we really got Elliot and Hardison was when um God it was like the gang or whatever and Oh, uh the uh, miracle job. Where yeah, they're going yeah, yeah, yeah. to work out who beat up the priest. Yes, that is the one. And they're like there's like the three dudes under the breezeway. And he worked out that wounded dudes is his niche. Yes, yes. <laughs> I also find it really hilarious in this episode that, like, Hardison's obviously given Parker, like, this big <sighs> elaborate backstory about how she's actually rich, but she steals anyway just to feel something. And Which then, like, is literally her true life story. Like, he's made it as easy for her as fucking possible. No, he didn't. Because in the first session, she's like, oh, my parents were rich, but I stole anyway. Yeah. And she's, like, reading the notes from her hand. Yeah. And then her actual life story is that she was dirt poor and she lived with foster parents and, like, they were just, like, trying to collect the money for the state and all that shit. And then when she gets called out on it by Marcy of, I thought your parents were rich, she's like, yeah, because they found gold Gold under under their trailer. trailer. No, I mean, like, her actual life currently. Like, she's so wealthy. She steals for fun. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, that's my point. Not her, like, growing up story, but, like, her current narrative. Her current narrative, yeah, she's loaded as hell yeah um and as she says in the pilot she doesn't like like she doesn't like stuff she likes money yeah she just likes having a bunch of money which i love that for her she's the episode of sophie in her fifteen hundred dollar (laughs) boots yeah i feel like sophie was an art thief who appreciated the art she was stealing yeah parker was an art thief who appreciated the money the art could get her and the security systems that she had to work her way around to oh, get yeah. to the art. <laughs> she also appreciated the challenge, but... Like, I find it really funny. Anytime they do anything even slightly that, like, is different or, like, challenges Parker in any way, yeah, is when like, it comes to, like, beating excited. a security system, she's like, it's fucking Christmas. Yeah. Like, in the bank shop job like, where, they're like, puzzle. where they're like, oh, like, oh, have you ever robbed a bank that was being, being robbed? robbed? Yeah. And she looks like you fucking just gave her... The best present of all time. The best gift of all time. Yeah. She is fucking pumped to yeah. do this shit that no one's ever really done before. Yeah. Like, she's like, no one is doing it like me. No. This is great. Yeah, she I is, love it for her. She, is having, she gets so much joy from her work. Which, look, people say that you should love what you do. Although, I, I don't know if that's true. Mm. <laughs> I feel like there are ways that works and ways, ways that it don't. But I feel like you should do what you like. You yeah. should like doing your job, but it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you love to do. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that there's, like, it's confusing because there's two very contradictory statements. Because people say, like, oh, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, right? But people are also, like, basically, I can't remember the exact phrase, but it's basically saying that, like, you shouldn't turn what you love into your, like, financial mm. situation. Because then you'll, like, grow to, to yeah. detest it. Like, you should just do a normal job and then do yeah. whatever you love doing as a hobby, like, on mm. the side. And I'm like, well, that's two completely contradictory pieces of advice you've just given me. That's not very fucking helpful. 
So, depends who you ask, I guess. Mm. Also depends who you are as a person and what you love. True. Yeah, well, yeah, that's very true because it depends on... I mean, like, if you love working it in retail, then, like, fuck, make that your career. Why not? You know? You are a stronger breed than I. You <laughs> absolutely... Some people genuinely like it. And I'm like, good for you, man. You make small talk all day with people who are rude as shit. Like, no thanks, I'm good. <laughs> well, it's not all bad. That seems like a nightmare. Okay, so I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. It's that time. Beth, what do you rate the 12-step job out of five? I am going to give this episode a three. I think I think I said last episode, it just felt like a step down from the previous two. Yeah. This episode kind of feels like maybe not like, like half a step down. I don't know. Like yeah. it feels like it's... We're going into, like, it feels like we hit, like, a peak. Yeah. And now we're kind of hitting a lull, but also we're coming up to the end of the season. Yeah. So I'm assuming this is, like, the calm before the storm. Yeah. Which happens a lot with most shows. So I'm so, not going to, like, judge it for that. That's pretty common. But I do think that this episode just wasn't as strong as some I already have seen. It breaks some of the momentum, but this episode makes a lot of sense in placement moving forward. with further context with yeah. further context yeah. which i can't really tell you about and i can't tell you how it's relevant that's okay. moving forward and like i said i'm not gonna really dock at any points for the fact that it's a bit of a lull because yeah, yeah. coming up to a season finale and especially i'm pretty sure it's like a two-part finale mm. so i can understand having like a more not even low stakes episode but just an episode that's not quite as it's just not as much of a banger like there was yeah. nothing wrong with it um, and it was good in terms of like, we, we get a lot of like, not really character development, but we sort of see how much Nate's like addiction is actually impacting him and the people around him. And we get, um, a new character in Hurley who I love. We, you know, get a lot of fun stuff with Parker and Hardison and Elliot. And it's like, you know, there's definitely highs yeah. in this episode, but it just, like you said earlier, it's not one that I would be like really quick to be like, oh yeah, I want to go back and rewatch. Yeah. Like I would there were episodes this season where I would go back and rewatch pretty happily. Yeah. This one is just not one of them. Especially the first half of this episode, I feel like is really kind of mm. it feels kind of disjointed to me. Yeah. It's it's very fast paced. For a concept like this, it's not something that you're expecting a fast paced episode on. You're expecting yeah. an episode that will linger and focus more on the implications of this setting and the implications of Nate and his drinking. I kind of and... almost wish that the episode had started with them already in the facility mm. and we kind of have to join them there. Yeah. Um, because if you started off with, like, if the episode opened on them in... That like, first opening the... scene where they're going, like, oh, hi, I'm Rose, I'm yeah, a maniac. exactly. My parents are rich, but I still anyway. And then, and then you pan around to Nate and Hurley. Yeah. And then you've got to sort of pick which one's the target in the... Yeah, because there's the three others there, and, like, obviously Sophie's there. So there's three of them and three people who yeah. are, like, just actually in the program. And, like, I feel like that... I just feel like the, like, the sort of, like, gang violence... Mm for me, just didn't marry very well with, like, mm. the peaceful environment of the rehab facility. Yeah. And, like, that's just a personal thing. Might have just been... Might have been what they were going for. They might have been going yeah, for, like, a juxtaposition. Exactly. But that might have been what they were going for, but It for just me, didn't pay off for It yet. just didn't land as yeah. well as I think it could have. I think that there's a, a number of ways they could have done this episode, and this probably wouldn't have been the way that I personally would have preferred it. Yeah. But, like, it's media. It's subjective. Like... Yeah. You're never going to please everybody. So I'm not docking at points for that. I'm just saying I'm going to give it a three. It's not a bad episode. I didn't love it. Yeah. I probably wouldn't go back and rewatch it happily, like yeah. readily, you know? Okay. Sorry, that was very long-winded. That's just, okay. Essentially, it's fine. <laughs> it's three. It's I, fine. I have done that so many times on our other pod where I'm like, okay, I'm giving it this score. I need to justify it in like a two-minute long Do you know break. what it's like? It's like we, it's, you know when you write an essay and like the conclusion, you have to like sum up all of your points in like the last 150 words? That's literally what we do. We're like, oh, okay, you've listened to us talk about this for 50 fucking minutes. Now for five minutes, I'm going to sum up everything I've said in the last 50 minutes Without to justify tangents. my point. Without the tangents. Yeah. Like, so really, to get our gist on the episode, you could listen to just the, the last five minutes of every pod and then you just yeah. get the whole, you'd get every part of the discussion. Yeah. Just you like bite some amazing format. content though, because rarely do we include the random shit we talk about <laughs> in the, the sort of like conclusion wrap up final opinion section. Mm. Okay. Well, the next episode is called The First David Job. Beth, what do you think it's going to be about? Well, Jamie... 
don't know, unless this is about, like, a man named David. Okay, yep. So you think the big bad of this season was a man named David? I mean, he fucking could be. Okay, the first David jump. I know, as I mentioned previously, that the finale is a two-parter. So I'm assuming the first David job will be followed by the second David job? Yes. Wonderful. Can't believe I put those pieces together. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Gold star for Bethany. But It's like you might have accidentally glanced at the rest of the episodes while you're trying to find the right one to watch. Do you know what? I didn't, actually. I try really hard to not let my eyes focus on anything outside of like the thing that I'm specifically Mm. looking at. Sometimes I start reading the episode description and I'm like, oh no, I should. I just want to watch the episode blind. Like I'm yeah. watching the episode anyway; it doesn't really matter. But I'm also like, yeah, no, I, I think you know how people say it's really hard to name their children because yeah. like someone will suggest the name and you're like, no, I can't name my child that. I knew someone with that name and I fucking hated them. Yeah, I have, and no offense to anyone named David. Yeah, I've never met a David that I've liked. And so I can't imagine I will like this David. <laughs> like, I get the impression that the David job is probably, mm. like, I assume, you've mentioned to me, I can't remember if it was on the pod or off the pod, but you've mentioned to me offhand that, like, no, it's definitely been on the pod because you've asked me about it. Yeah. You've mentioned to me that there's, like, a big bad that we're coming yeah. up to and you ask me if I, I have no fucking clue what's going on. I, you haven't asked me the last couple of episodes. I yeah. assume because every time you ask me, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking yeah. about, Jamie. That still is true. I don't know who the fuck David is. I assume David is the guy that we hate. I assume okay. David is the yeah. leverage version of Jeff Bezos. That okay. is yeah. my thought. If that's correct, then he has been named appropriately. I mean, it's just called the David job. There's not really a lot more to go off. Yeah. Wait, unless... <laughs> Wait, this is stupid. <laughs> this is stupid. I was like, wow, David Job, that sounds like a name. And then I was like, Steve Jobs. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it's a bad parody of Steve Jobs and like, David Jobs. <laughs> anyway, that's like literally like it's... Oh, his name's David. I assume he's just like the bad dude that we've okay. been building to. I yeah. assume that's why it takes two episodes to take him down. Yeah. I think that this episode will probably have, like, a middle-of-the-episode cliffhanger. Yeah. You have mentioned to me off the pod that Leverage is one of those shows that doesn't end its seasons on a cliffhanger. So I assume that the cliffhanger that you would want in a season finale will instead be mid-finale. Between the two. So rather than having the cliffhanger between two seasons, you have it between the two episodes. Yeah. Which is interesting, and I'm looking forward to it. However, it will suck, because I'll have to watch one episode, then wait a week, and then watch the other. So if the cliffhanger is good, it'll make me want to die. It may even be two weeks, because we're recording with Abigail. Okay. My season finale bias Mm -hmm. comes from Supernatural. Yeah. So, usually, the, like, cliffhanger that you get left on for a season is, like, Either there's some new huge big bad gets revealed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or. A la or and season or, two. Yes. And or someone dies. A la, a la season, season two. one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and kind of season two, the mid-season, or the, the season finale, Supernatural, between episodes one But that's between, two. yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers if you haven't <laughs> seen that. If you haven't been listening to our other podcast, um, that'll be what out by now. Are you doing? Are you living under a rock? How'd you find this one? Um, but in any case... I so from what you've just said, I would have to assume that someone I care about will yeah. probably be in a position where they are in peril. Mm-hmm. So that has to mean either Parker, Elliot, or Hardison because they're my top three babes. You've missed the possibility. Well, I love Sophie, but like I don't love her as much as I love the no, other you're, three. No, you're missing a possibility. What if it's all of them? Do I care more if? It's all of them because then that includes Nate. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I was just trying to think of like collectively as a group how much I like them. Yeah. Because like singularly, like Elliot, so uh, Elliot, if it's Parker, just and Hardison, I'm like gold fucking standard. Throw Sophie in there, I'm like, you dock half a point purely because she's so obsessed with Nate. But right. if you get rid of Nate entirely, like, that problem solved. Yeah, but if Nate dies, I'm like, lit. Now, Sophie will be sad. They'll all be yeah. sad. Sophie will be a little bit extra sad, but mm. she'll get over it when she realises her self-worth. <laughs> you know? And, but if Nate's in the group, like, I feel like you go from a solid five out of five. You put Nate in there, and it's like, oh, it's like a three. Okay. Yeah. You know? So I kind of care less if he's there. If he wears a hat, I'm going to be mad. 
If he if Nate is there and he's wearing a hat, it's a two. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I, I feel like at this point you're this just is, rambling. This is uh, there'll be a man named David. He'll be evil. Okay. Lovely. Perfect two sentence wrap up of your theory <laughs> for the first half of the season finale. Okay. Mm. And if you want to talk to us outside of listening to us ramble on your podcast provider for like two hours every week at this point, because we'll be releasing two podcasts a week. Why did we commit to this? You can find Beth over on Twitter at ThiefStillsPod. I think you should like send her your supernatural leverage Sterling Crowley crossover theories. Yes. Just we won't be up to season three yet. So don't send her the stuff about the chess. Okay? Don't do it. Um, yeah. Although I can totally imagine a scenario where Crowley and Sterling are actually like like evil twins of each other mm-hmm. and they are just playing chess. I think that would oh, be like hilarious. Oh, like Hardison and Jake? Yes. Yes. Oh. Oh, okay. But like Hardison. team sports. Crowley and Jake versus... <laughs> Sterling and And then you've got Elliot and Elliot's counterpart. Lee. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay. Okay. Anyway, yes, that would be very fun. And if you aren't interested in that, or maybe if you are, but you'd also like to interact with Jamie, you can find her over on our Tumblr at Thief Steals the Podcast. I think it would be really fun for you to go and talk to her about, I don't know, she seems really excited about like Elliot and Hardison and their like song in the van i don't do you know know what song i'm talking about i don't um but tell jamie if you do and maybe talk to her about whatever the fuck that means (laughs) because she clearly wants to talk about it and i am clearly not the person that she can chat about it with so if you're the kind of person who would love to chat about that hit jamie up on the tumblr yeah i'd love that she'll be there friends (laughs) anyway thank you so much for listening to us again this week we hope you enjoyed And we hope to see you next week for the first David job. Bye. Bye.